Good morning, everyone. It's great to see so many of you here. Uh, my name's Nico Franks. I'm the editor of C21 Kids at C21 Media. So we're going to hear from Nickelodeon, Baby TV, Disney and Turner uh, in this session. And it's my job to make sure that they don't just say they're looking for great content and great stories. Uh, Although we are. Yeah, Although, of course, are. they are. Uh, great. OK. Well, to my right is Alison Bakanowicz, General Manager of Nickelodeon UK and Ireland. And to her right, Nina Hahn, who is Senior Vice President of International Production and Development at Nickelodeon. So thanks for joining us. Um, I think a good place to kick off will be to just get an outline, Alison. Um, you've had a year or so under your, uh, your feet, under the desk at Nickelodeon mm -hmm. now. Yep. Um, what have been some of the highlights of your first uh, year? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I think being the number one network is obviously a big highlight. So, um, you know, we've always had a network strategy at Nickelodeon, uh, what we call nappies to skinny jeans. So really taking kids from all through all phases of their childhood and making sure that we're relevant at each point. So the idea that we are the number one uh, Network and cable and satellite is, you know, extremely important and something that, um, you know, we, we put a lot of effort in. I think preschool is, um, an, you know, having an amazing moment. It's the, you know, the biggest category in terms of viewing. Um, and we're doing extremely well, not just with the international stuff that we have, um, but also the local stuff. And, um, you know, we will talk more about that. But I think, you know, things like Nell of the Night is an amazing, um, you know, an amazing success story for us. Mm -hmm. And with both of you here, we have uh, the local, in terms of UK and Ireland, represented yep. here, and international. Uh, so Nina, could you just tell me a bit about how your role works? Yeah, so um, Alison and I work very closely together. Um, I think generally what Nickelodeon tries to do all the, all the way around is act locally. So we do local content, but ultimately we're a global network in over 180 countries around the world. And I think the idea behind that is, is making content that we can make once and use everywhere, or make everywhere and use everywhere. And some of these um, examples that we're going to talk about today, Nella being one of them, um, and Hunter Street being another, are ones that have um, really take that poster child of an idea to, from, from seed to table. So yeah, let's go straight into the content. Um, you mentioned Hunter Street. So could you tell me why uh, that show was a Nickelodeon show and, and also um, there was something pretty unique about the way it was produced as well? Yeah, it's very exciting for us because I think from the, the UK side of it, it was an incredibly successful show, specifically here in the UK. Mm -hmm. So um, that is already a big tick, a big tick, you know, all around yeah, for you guys. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, the thing, I think it worked everywhere. Like, it, it, does. it, it really did. In the US, in Australia, in the UK. Um, and I think it's really important that it sat well with our other content. So it was, you know, produced in Europe, but very much felt part of the Nickelodeon vibe. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the reasons why it worked well everywhere was we were really conscious at the very beginning, this is probably quite interesting to a lot of you guys out there on the production, producing side, the way we built this, the way we made the quilt of Hunter Street was very unique. So we started with an idea that came out of the region, the, the, Nick, uh, Am the Nick Dutch team, and we then decided to build one set of scripts, one set, uh, and one crew 
across using um, a writing room that was um, built with all of our input across the various channels. And then we made a local version for the Dutch team, and then we made an Anglo version for the rest of the world. And um, what was interesting about that was we had one set of scripts that then went through the local and the global version. And um, I think it, instead of retrofitting an idea later down the line or getting into sort of some sort of an internal format idea, we ended up doing something that felt real and organic from the start. And from a producer's perspective, they were producing double the episodes, so their per episode cost came way down. Um, and we ended up with something organically global. So it's, um, it was a good success model for us. Should we take a look at a clip? We should. He bugged my phone. He's been listening to everything. We've got a new plan. Let's go to the game room. We'll show you. Wow, I can't believe Eric and Kate said the deed is in... Iceland. Hey, up north. All the way above the Arctic Circle. That was smart. No one would ever think to look there. Did they say where exactly? Yeah, in this little town. It's really nice this time of year. <gasps> Called... Eyjafjordur. I think they pronounced it more like Eyjafjordur. Right, right. That's, that's how he said it. The deed is in an old barn under the haystack at the old farm under the reindeer saddle. Enough of your pitiful charade. Poor stupid hunters. Your little attempt to trick me has failed. And now, it seems I have the upper hand. <laughs> so that's uh, a show that aired in the US, was made in Amsterdam, and you made it twice effectively. Yes, um, exactly. It's a much, exactly. very efficient way of working. Yeah. So um, are you looking to, to, to repeat that model um, elsewhere? Definitely. I mean, I think that model is a really successful model. There's also versions of that model that um, we can learn from what we did on there that will be more bespoke to whatever variety of production partners we would work with. So um, I think definitely would be something for us looking forward as an interesting, cost-effective way of working and still keeping true to the brand that, um, you know, that has to hold. Mm -hmm. And um, in terms of commissioning content for specific platforms. So you have the mm -hmm. channels, yep. but obviously you also have an online destination. So are you commissioning uh, content specifically for different platforms at the moment? Yeah, I mean, look, so, I mean, Linear is the beating heart of, you know, Nickelodeon for the foreseeable future. It's still, you know, the biggest platform by a long time, not just in terms of reach, but in terms of time spent viewing. It's also um, measurable and monetizable. So, you know, that is where we um, are focused. However, it's important to be everywhere kids are and also use all of the platforms in an appropriate manner. And it is, you know, we use it for marketing, but it's marketing as you've never seen it before. It's content marketing. So, you know, I think one of, one of the coolest things that we did um, recently was uh, when Ride um, launched 
with a complete UK cast, we were able to actually get them into the Nickelodeon offices every Friday to do a Facebook Live to sort of, you know, do like the wrap up of the week and oh my God, what's going to happen, you know, next week. Um, so everything from that to games to, um, you know, just short form content that helps perpetuate the sort of love and interest in the main content, which is linear. Um, but I mean, that said, we have used it as a... Like yeah, we use it as a pilot. development tool as well. So it's not just what you see at the end result on air, but you know, to, to this idea of, of making the world a more playful place, we have to sort of be everywhere that this playfulness can happen. And so, for example, Welcome to the Wayne is a project that started as six shorts, animated shorts in digital. And we use those just to bed in and see kind of what kind of legs they would have and then flipped it into long form linear after the fact. So we're making use of the platforms as well for our own kind of development sort of efforts as we do just make something directly for it. And Alison, you mentioned the live action uh, drama Ride, mm -hmm. which is a UK show. Um, how much space is there for UK shows on the schedule at the moment? Yeah, I mean, I think there is space. Yeah, there's definitely space for new content and, you know, nothing would make us happier for it to be from the UK. But I think, you know, as Nina said, we are looking for, and I think that the opportunity working with Nickelodeon is we are looking to, you know, make great content that can be a global hit. So definitely we are looking um, to the UK creative um, uh, community to come up with, you know, great shows and we, you know, when we know what we're looking for, we've got some RFPs out, um, but we are looking for shows that travel. Okay. Um, and obviously um, you're part of Viacom mm -hmm. and Channel 5 yep. is also part of Viacom, Channel 5. Uh, owns Milkshake, yes. the, the preschool uh, brand. Uh, so how does the relationship between yep. Milkshake and Nickelodeon UK work? Great, so my role also is the head of um, what is called Viacom International Children's. So that includes um, Milkshake. Um, not just Milkshake, but also any kids content on Channel 5. So. Uh, Sarah Muller, who will be, um, I think I'm looking at her, yes. Um, so Sarah Muller, who will be on the panel tomorrow for the free to airs, um, her, she works within our, like within our team um, and we are very much um, linked up. So you know, Milkshake is a standalone entity. It is very much a, um, has a different brand sensibility um, to Nickelodeon, but we want to uh, make sure that we are, you know, bringing all of the opportunities to the producers um, so that if something comes into Sarah or if something comes into Nina and her team, it's shared and we look for the best home for it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to open it up to questions from the audience in a sec, so if anyone has a question, uh, put your hand up soon. Um, but a question many people in the audience may have is you know, a simple one. What's the best way to get in touch with you? Um, mm -hmm. Who should they contact first if they had an idea? And how early do you like to see projects? I think the earlier, the yeah. Better. I think early intervention yeah. is is the key to to success on both sides of the partnership, and definitely, um, I think you know thinking of us as a partner and and less of a boss is is definitely an important headspace to be in when you're bringing us content. And if it comes in on napkin art or it comes in you know fully fleshed out Bible, you know either way, for us to look at things at the earliest stage you feel comfortable is better because then it it sort of starts the conversation of what we have already or what we would love to see in this project if you were to go forward. 
with it and so on and so forth. So it helps everybody, both sides. Um, the other thing in terms of reaching us is um, we have a lot of people here. We've got Alexi and Charlie and Sarah and Lindsay are all here um, at the market. So it's certainly worth you guys trying to find them across live action and, and animation and preschool. Um, and, and pitch projects. We are very open. We have a very rolling policy of, of when you can come in or whatever you want to bring in, bring in. Um, so I think that's a that's part one of it. The other part is that we do a tremendous amount of outreach in terms of, Allison mentioned these RFPs, which we call requests for proposal, which we issue two and three times a year um, for people to pitch content in. And, and a lot of the RFPs have sort of what we're looking for, but they also have what we're not looking for, which we we have heard from feedback is very helpful in terms of, you know, how to get it, how to get an idea in, yeah. on point. And I think you know one of the things because we the, the sizzle that we showed was very um, intentional in the fact that it's not like here are all of our shows. We wanted to show what the Nickelodeon vibe is because I think that's the thing. Our, what we're looking for will change based on our scheduling needs or you know what um, what our pipeline is doing what our competitors are doing so that changes from time to time the thing that is consistent is what Nickelodeon stands for so that's why we wanted to show more of a feel um, because that is the that is the sort of the magic that will appeal to us um, but you know, like we said, we'll get things in and we'll say, actually, this feels like a milkshake show. So you know, we'll we'll pass it on to Sarah rather than you know maybe yeah. a Nickelodeon show. Any questions from the audience at this point? Hi, uh, it's Dominic Sam from Evans Wolf. Where are the RFPs located? They go out um, on, on an e-blast to a large list of contexts that we have. Um, we're also going to think about putting them online in a way that you can find them um, online on our website, um, which is sort of a phase two of what we're thinking about doing with the RFPs. So um, at the moment, they're, they're, you can ask, if you're a live action or animation, you can ask Alexi or Charlie here in the front row, and we can make sure that you get one um, if you haven't already. Thank you. How important is it that when an idea does um, get brought to you, that it comes with a, a full, you know, what they call 360 um, digital strategy. Um, obviously, we heard Alice Webb yesterday talking about how important digital mm -hmm. is. Um, is it similarly, yeah, as, as vital for Nickelodeon? Yeah, I think, I mean, let's face it, like, I, you know, a, a great idea with good characters and compelling stories is the most important thing and then you know how it um, you know how it rolls out is you know is probably the easier part of that but I think also that is changing you know we're very much it used to be about you know what's the what's the action figure I actually think now it's almost like what's the live experience because the trend we're seeing is it's more off-screen is desired, so actual, you know, family or kid experiences. So it's almost like don't just think about the digital play, don't think just about the, the toy, think about how this comes to life in the real world. I mean, I think generally speaking, you know, we talk a lot about being creator-driven, which we are, but I think the next iteration of that is being creative-driven, and I think to be creative-driven, you've got to think about every aspect of the project you know, insofar as you come up with a strong idea, but then what? And that's the challenge to ask oneself, especially with the knowledge that kids are platform agnostic. So you have to be as creators as platform agnostic as well in terms of how you make stuff. So, um, What are some of the main ways you would say uh, the Nickelodeon brand differs from your competitors? And um, 
what are some recent programs that uh, typify that? I think, you know, the definition for Nick is really, um, and the content that we make, is equal parts emotional, broad, and simple. Um, and I probably would add diverse on there as well. And I think if you can have a, a, a property that has those three or four elements in equal measure, then that's something that would really speak to who we are. It's an incredibly grounded network um, that takes and reflects a kid's reality as it currently stands and then twists it or takes you in some journey that is you know, off, the, off the charts from what the sort of authentic um, pulse point is. Um, but it really is reflecting a kid's universe and um, in, a, in a way that is quite special. I think comedy is at the core of everything that we do mm-hmm. across preschool and, and Big Nick, um, and that's a big part of it. And I think the other side is this sense of being global, which is very unique to Nick, um, and that we really do look for things that appeal to the global, global kid, um, which is a point of difference, difference for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, um, just to add to that, it's probably like it's somewhere, you know, it's it's playful, it's definitely, um, you know, doesn't have the grittiness that, um, you know, other other shows have that, were, that are amazing on other channels, um, but it is steeped in reality. So even if it's like, if you think about the Thundermans, which is, you know, they're secret superheroes, which doesn't sound particularly steeped in reality, Actually, all of the themes of what that show is about is it's about, you know, sibling rivalry, embarrassing parents, fitting in at school. It's very, um, yeah, it's very authentic and it's very what kids are really going through, but in a light and playful way. Mm-hmm. And you have a lot of shows coming out of the US, obviously, like mm-hmm. Paw Patrol and Nella the Night. Um, is the balance between what you're, you're getting and commissioning out mm-hmm. of the US um, compared with internationally, so outside of the US, is that changing? Um, I think, well, first of all, Nellanite is here, not out of the oh, US, sorry. so that's a, that's a one for us, one <laughs> for our team. Um, and I think uh, it's, we definitely, outside the US, have a very sort of clear mission, which is to function sort of as a boutique to the US superstore. So what they make and what they make incredibly well, they will continue to make, we will all continue to use, but there's a lot of things that we make here that they couldn't make for a variety of reasons, and we try and sort of be different but equal to that. Um, it's still the yeoman share of content coming out of the US side, but that is definitely changing. Over the last sort of four years, we've doubled and tripled in terms of what's coming out of our team to go globally um, as well. And uh, Nickelodeon's quite active in terms of initiatives, like your shorts program and things mm-hmm. like that. So what have you got uh, going on at the moment um, that people might be able to you know, apply The shorts for? program continues, and we're now actually shifting it, um, and it'll reopen in shortly, um, to be on a rolling basis. So prior to that, it was definitely um, calendarized where we had a January to, to sort of March open calling period, and now it's going to be rolling, so you can just submit anything you want anytime you want. And there's also going to be various stunts that we're going to do per month on these um, outreach shorts looks, so you can sort of send in your your best buddy comms or whatever it may be that we're going to theme throughout the month. Um, So that's a big one. Um, We're also doing a massive talent search for um, UK talent, and we've just had the LA talent team here uh, last week where we saw over, I don't know, 600 kids um, in the UK, so we're really trying to build that side of the network um, so that we can get some on-air look and feel and sound of British kids across our air globally. So that's a a big initiative. Um, 
that we're working on. And then we continue to do a lot of research, which um, both on the show level and on the consumer insights level, not only across the US, but again globally, mm -hmm. trying to really plug into what kids are today, what they want now, um, and speak to that. Any questions from the audience? Hello, I'm Laura Connor, Global Brand Manager, BBC Worldwide. My question is related to preschool, um, Nick Jr. in particular. How important is Paw Patrol to you? <laughs> um, okay, so well, there was, an, there was an article recently about how dinner parties are actually being dominated by discussions of adults discussing the subplot and the themes of Paw Patrol. I mean, it's a, it is a global, it's lightning, you know, in a bottle, it's a global phenomenon. It's, it's very important, but you know, Rusty Rivets, which has just launched, which is you know the follow-up from that partnership with Spinmaster, has been the most successful launch in our history. Like it's so you know, Paw Patrol is big, but you also want to use that as a as you know to ride the wave to launch other things, and so that is where we have been really successful. You know, Nella launched um, this year, as did um, Rusty, and they've both done extremely well. Uh, you know, Digby is an, ex uh, an important title for us. So there, you know, there are lots of things that you use a juggernaut to, to help propel. Uh, so you've recommissioned, Paw Patrol's been recommissioned. So would you think that, are you building that pipeline of building the volume of apps for Paw Patrol? Yeah. And do you think that you'll continue to do that in order to launch your newer brands going forward? Or do you see sort of the... the Paw Patrol waning in, in popularity as the newer ones take off. Do you have a feeling on that? Um, no, I think, um, I mean, we're certainly seeing no signs of yeah. Paw Patrol waning. I think, you know, it's, you know, you always have to see what are the shows that are built to last um, and only time tells, but for the time being, it's not only a ratings juggernaut, but it's a social phenomenon as well, so... And a, and a global phenomenon, which yeah. is the other side, because often you can see things that are somewhat stronger in some regions and weaker in others, and we've had that historically. And mm -hmm. I think what's great about Paws, it's, again, it speaks to the brand goals and who we are, and then also works a lot of you know, good, strong ratings across all the channels. That's all we have time for, Nickelodeon. I'm sorry. Uh, Alison, Nina, thank you very much for your time. Thank Thanks. you.